I'm happy to have you on the show tonight. I'm really, really excited. Our guest this uh, evening is my friend, my very good friend and brother, Pastor Tolashi Afolabi, and he's also the senior pastor of Church for Global Transformation. My friend, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm really excited to have I you. Am. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> good, 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 good. I, I really trust God that uh, God would, um, you know, help us tonight as we converse because it's just going to be a discussion. Media, I really hope that our discussion tonight will really help them to to find purpose because that's what we're going to be talking about. All right, finding purpose when faith is conflicting with faith. So, but to begin to this evening, I want us to you know start from the point um, to look at uh, what these things are from your own perspective. What is faith, and what is faith? All right, because uh, from my personal study, I discovered that people have different revelation or different definition of faith. That is F-A-T-E. I and mean, in faith, as a seemingly, you know, general definition. But when it comes to faith, people give different definition to it. So I, I think we should actually start our discussion from that point. Okay. How would you define faith and also faith to us, please? All right, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor John. I um, just as um, you said, there's this conflicting understanding about this subject, right? And the similar the, the fact that they are also similar based on based on pronunciation sometimes. And I think the word the F A C E is actually called faith, and the F A I C H is called faith. So let me use the um, British diction so that when I'm, when I'm talking, it will be able to, you will be able to get to reach of the word I'm saying. So the concept of faith, it is uh, a belief, it's a common belief. And we are talking from a, from a general perspective, from humanistic perspective, you're going to see that it's a common belief about situations that is beyond our control situation that happened to us and we don't have anything to do with them and 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 um and the the faith the faith the, the faith there is um the faith there it's it's a religious terminology it's a religious terminology and it has different application you can use it as a function of um your religion your religious idea or you can use it as a function of conviction. You can also use you can say, I have faith in you. I have faith in you. Meaning, I believe in you. You can use it as a function of, of belief. So I said religious I am idea, conviction, a personal conviction about a thing, and a belief, right? So I'm not my belief. I didn't say belief. I mean belief. Belief there talks about ideology, talks about um the things that you have you have you have imbibed right so to differentiate them i said the f-a-t-e which is faith i mean which is faith it is the uh, general general public opinion about situation that is beyond our control and the faith talks about things that's to do with conviction belief and then religious idea that's my definition about that 
All right, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and I think my the way I want us to continue the discussion is uh, from where you really stop that um, faith is uh, events or occurrences that are beyond our control. Mm -hmm. All right. So I, I don't know if you could actually give us push us to examples of, of things that are really beyond our control because I have observed that in life people people quickly push certain events as shapes all right that this thing is beyond my control and they are not injecting their faith all right into it because they believe that okay this thing is beyond our control you know i was saying the other time that people have different definitions of faith or like different ideologies of faith that is the FHE. some people believe that the faith of every man is in his hand that you have control over your faith so i don't know if you can actually Great. show balance maybe from personal yes. experience may, may or I, from that yeah okay let me let me just say that faith faith is not destination usually there are things that happen to us that are beyond our control right right they are we have to usually things that happen to every man on earth can be categorized in two ways the first way we have the we call it the category of control we have a we have one called the category of concern an example of this is a person that's growing up just lost his, his spirit this is it is situation you cannot control you can't control the situation you cannot control your house burning when when you maybe you, you go out to come back and your house is burnt down your clothes are burnt down your laptop were burnt down which is all the things yours these are these are things you can't control there's no way you can reverse the time right okay you can say oh i've tried everything to ensure that i turn off the socket and everything good you can you can you can actually um get those reports on control but when they happen they are beyond your capacity you cannot do so much to repair them and and I believe this is how truly we can we, we, uh, we can define faith. However, the faith there is not the function of destination. Your faith does not determine essentially what happens ultimately to you. It can come your way, but it necessarily doesn't determine what happens ultimately. So if you lost your parent growing up as a person, and because you lost them, nobody actually, you know, nobody you do have a lot of people coming in to help you at some point but certain things in your life you cannot give excuses of those experiences because it fades quite understand you don't have control over them but it doesn't determine your destiny you determine your destination you determine what happens to you you know consequentially you 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 determine what's what's the the, the events in your life ultimately right so the idea of faith i don't dispute it right in fact although as my my faith uh, my faith as a believer as a christian does not really say a lot about faith it doesn't really say a lot about faith but we see situations in the bible that are beyond people's control a man was born in the bible without heights there's no way he doesn't have a control over that <laughs> he doesn't have a control over that but same man that was blind, is it um, blind, um, um, Batumas or something? He was 
shouting because he knows that my faith does not determine my destiny. When he see the opportunity to change the faith, he took it. A lot of people are in the life happened to them and life literally happens. We shouldn't lie. In fact, Jesus said to us as believers, Jesus said to us that in this life, there are things that will be challenging to you. You are going to miss things that are not, they are not good to you. You don't plan for them. You have not, you are not prepared for them. They are, they are circumstances you never expected. So John was telling believers, he said, believers, when those things happen to you, what you need to do now is to rejoice. So, so now he's saying that when they can happen to you, but they should not determine your destiny. And Paul began to tell us that God does not tempt with us with evil. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt with evil. Though evil happen to men, it doesn't come from God. But evil happen to men anyways. <laughs> I've seen it, I've seen people. I've seen people, being a believer doesn't mean life doesn't happen. Life literally, I've, I've seen people, believers, that they just see growth in their body. Growth. <laughs> growth. There's no way they can control that. But they can decide whether that determines their destiny or not. But you can take the advantage of opportunity around you to take yourself away from that circumstances and situation and determine and be able to put yourself in a position that determines a positive future for you, ultimately. Wow, I, I mean that's that's actually true. As I really hundred percent agree because you know sometimes, especially for us Christians, we we tend to deny or shy away from our life situations. Just like you said, when life happens, all right. When life happens, we try as much as possible to to say no. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, there was another time my pastor was talking about. How to recover from shock, all right? Like somebody who just had um, so, uh, an emergency that okay, uh, you lost your parents, all right? Mm -hmm. And you know, so it, it takes a process for you to. It's not just. I mean, it's not just for you to just say, ah, this thing cannot happen. This thing cannot happen. Okay, now this thing has actually happened, and uh, I think the next thing we need to do is now, what am I going to do about it? And you also mentioned something that is very very important that. Faith is not the same thing as destination. I hope many people that will be listening to this will look at this revelation. All right, that events or occurrences in our lives does not necessarily determine our end. All right, certain things happen, but even those things happen and might really, you know, shake things. Right, those things might really affect us, but. We can still use that event, all right? We can still use those instances to really, and God can actually use those instances to, you know, pay the ways out. You know, I don't know if you've watched this uh, recent film, you know, the life story of Pastor Ye Adeboye. I mean, when you check out that uh, Adeboye, uh, uh, his background and everything, people from that same instance or that such event happened to people that were born a poor family, people that lost, they have not that very, very long, all right, that their dad sacrificed a lot of things for them, and they had to say for even more situation. Many of them do not apply faith, all right, to their faith. Yes, faith happened. I lost my mom when I was young. Okay, faith happened. I lost my mom when I was young. All right, what am I going to do about it? Now, right. So now we have talked about faith in, 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 let me say that in a negative aspect, where 
know, life situation happens. But I want us to look at the concept of faith in a good aspect that is called love. All right, I don't know if you can just talk about the concept of you know, love. Is is love will then we say someone ah, with you do not even do anything, you are just loving. Oh great, great, wonderful. Log, log is a is, is a term, is a general concept, but it has some level of truth there. Usually when people say that I'm lucky, they don't know what they are saying. I've I realized that. But they say when this person is lucky. Because even the Bible themselves as believers, we see that in the Bible, certain things were explained as luck. <laughs> Some people got lucky. Bible says the race is not to be swift. Neither is the battle to the strong. He said, not necessarily because you go to Harvard. It doesn't mean you are going to feel well. He said, certain things happen in life and they are function of chances and time chances and time the word chance there talks about opportunity the opportunity that comes our way and our response to them now i love how you translation for you don't put it like time i mean being at the right place at the right time that seemed to be luck but in its sense it's not luck because the word right there make it very definitive it implies number one preparation Number two, it, it implies ability to see the opportunity. Number three, it, it implies ability to take advantage of those opportunities. So chances happen to men, but chances doesn't happen without preparation. If, if in fact, you might be in the midst of luck and yet not see it, because you are not prepared for it. Things are, I mean, I can tell you that there might be a flower or a plant around me now because i don't know the using of the of the power i cannot take use of it but somebody that has studied microbiology or studied certain things or and you understand i mean something i can do it picks that in and because it wasn't it was at that place that become like a lot so the idea of a law is 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 is, um, is i mean is a non-existing uh, i mean term however it can be defined true luck is defined as seeing opportunity being ready for it and taking advantage of it so and this is also a function of faith too because faith is defined as circumstances that we are unprepared for things that happen to us that we have no control over them right and you can also see that in fact a person even they do have control over law however there are things you must do to be lucky everybody has some point is lucky everybody has some point but your luck becomes meaningless if you are not prepared i was listening to a man and he said oh no, i don't even know the story of barack obama how barack obama became a, a highly nationally recognized person was the opportunity that was given to him now is it was it 2004 or something to give a speech he gave the speech on democratic general assembly then i can't i can't remember is it Oklahoma or something it, what that city he gave the speech he was able and he has developed his oratory ability he knows how to tell his own personal story if you listen to that speech i listened to that speech a, a number of times and that speech I, 
I've I, I, I've seen one of the best storytelling. Is <laughs> he was prepared for the opportunity? He knows how to factor in his story to suit the common American American people. Even when the white heard it, it was applicable to them. That's why he was able to be able to run for presidency and win as a black. And it does seem to be a loss, but it was a prepared opportunity. Somebody says that, that when opportunity may be perishing, that is what is called luck. Luck will be there, but you won't see it until you are prepared for it. Oh my, I, I mean, this is, this is explosive. I, I just don't know. I don't think many people are really catching this uh, because what you are actually saying is is just priceless. I mean, because I think it's the point where a lot of people actually miss it that they fail to prepare and they are waiting uh, for Queen Sera Sera, like whatever we do, we do. All right, <laughs> it was supposed to be the and I was saying, whatever we do will not be until you make it be. It is what you make be that be. All right, it is what we allow. And just to said, I, I, I also heard it from Apostle when he said that favor is opportunity plus preparation. All right, that opportunity can come. And I really love, you know, when you explain, I've never even seen it in that light. When you explain, when the Bible talked about a time and chance happen to them all, that chance there is also what is opportunity. All right, when you are giving the chance and you are not prepared, all right, I mean, you are you just you will miss it so but i want you to uh, at this point emphasize again on the place of faith and the place of faith in the person's life uh, 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 coming from the instance of this popular uh, literature by shakespeare uh, Romeo and juliet you know uh, in that story these two lovers their love was due to faith all right, because of the family conflict, both the Romeo's family was fighting with uh, Juliet's family and, and the like. But uh, emphatically, there was this particular king called Oedipus. Oedipus had the faith that he's going to kill his father and marry his mother. There is this something about him that was there that he's going to kill his father and marry his mother. Now, I mean, we could say that, okay, that is story. So I want to bring it to from the, from the scriptures. I, I remember there was this prophet, I think prophet was here. They all told him that you are married and Alex. I mean, I think ordinary people will say, no, 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 I can't, I won't. All right. And then also the time when Jesus was born, I, I think in Luke chapter two, uh, uh, two the Bible recorded that. Herod, after the, you know, after after he noticed that the uh, the wise men, you know, did not come back to give him information, the Bible said Herod went to Jerusalem and to you know to the uh, surrounding villages and killed children from ages two downward. All right, now we say that is faith. Now I want to ask, what is not the place of faith? All right, what is the place of faith? I mean, in the place of faith. And is there is there something called the power of faith? I mean the FAT that drives a man to like like the case of Oedipus, the King Oedipus. Yeah, there is something that said 
you are going to kill your father and marry your mother. Is there actually a force that drives a man? You know, we have different instances that the woman later said that ah, they, maybe they've caused his, his family that they must always fornicate. Is there actually a force of faith? And if there is, what is the place of faith in that instance? Mm. Over to you, sir. That's a powerful question, Pastor John. Right. So, just just as as I said previously, the situation happened, and those situations that we don't have control over, that's what we call faith. I mean, faith. However, coming from the angle of faith, you know, and um, I'll be talking generalistic, and I will talk to you based on the Christian perspective. Faith is is essentially your personal conviction about a thing. And the power that, and the, I mean, and, and the actions of those convictions that you take. Faith essentially is a personal conviction about the thing and the action of those convictions that you take. So, for example, somebody that lost his father, that is faith. Faith happened to you. Situations that you don't have control over, they, they came to you, right? So, now, it is now, it is how you navigate through those situations is by ensuring that you keep your faith alive. The faith now, it is the conviction that you've got about that situation you went through. If I, if unfortunately, I've seen even unbelievers that were diagnosed of cancer. That was faith. It's happening to them. However, these are people that don't know the Lord. They don't believe the power of healing. But they believe that cancer cannot kill them. And even though they were diagnosed of cancer, they fought through those sins. Nobody, nobody ever is, nobody on earth can be, de can be defeated by, by circumstance that cannot control. The only thing that defeats a man is himself. The conviction that you have over the thing is what, is what defeats you. So when situation happens to you, my question to you is, what is your conviction about that thing? If you believe in yourself that that situation will bring you down, then it, it does that. If you, if you assume that that situation is your end, so that, that so be it. But if you believe that that situation is just a passing thing, and you are confident that about that conviction and start taking action corresponding to that, then you see that situation turning. Now, talking from a Christian perspective, the scripture says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word faith, if you check the Greek word of faith in the Bible, is it is the word pistis. And it talks about a it talk, it talks about something that is evidential, something that is a conviction undeniable. Is even when they point God to your head, you cannot deny it. For example, you cannot tell me I'm a girl and I will believe it. The amount of Faith, I have been that is also strong. I still believe I mean I'm a boy. I'm not a girl. <laughs> right? That is the level of conviction faith is. It is an undeniable, irreversible posture of her art about a thing. That is why it is that's why the same term was used in the Christian faith. That if you are going to be a Christian, this is the kind of a conviction you need to have. That's why that the same term was used by Jesus. That's you of little faith. Because Jesus did not coin the word. The word is a, is a statement of his time. For example, if I say go, go is a statement in English. This is a, is, is a statement in Greek. 
Jesus did not coin it. <laughs> so when Jesus used that term, like, why do you have doubt? Ye of little faith. And when he's saying of little faith, we're saying that your faith is, is insubstantial. Your faith can easily be shaken. That they can put a gun in your head and all of a sudden your faith is gone. So a little challenge comes and don't sweep you away from, from your faith. Now what I'm saying to you today it is that when faith the only way you navigate through them is through the power of your faith. Your faith, the things, when I say power, I'm not trying to be superstitious and I don't miss much power. I mean the strength of your faith. If there is any Anything you must learn to build is your conviction about about situations, convictions about your health, conviction about things of life. Jesus told us this: is what he said, he said that in this world we shall meet tribulations. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome. Look at this. Then, when the Bible was talking about how to overcome, he said, "For this is the victory that overcome the world, even our faith." So Jesus was saying that the only way you can actually express the overcoming. Thing I'm talking about here, overcoming situation that happened to you unprepared for, overcoming your son dying all of a sudden, overcoming sickness that comes punches off from your body, overcoming the, the the education or the scholarship or the trip you are trying to do that doesn't happen, overcoming your father that is dying, overcoming your family that is not working. Jesus said that when those things come, how you tackle them is by your faith. This is a victory that overcomes the world. Jesus said, be a good teacher for overcome. And that overcome was shrinked in one, in one thing, which is your faith. It is the faith that's, it is, and then your faith has to be in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an opposite direction of your, of your, of your circumstances. If you are struggling from sickness, your faith must be on healing. So it is your faith that overcome those situations. Now, let me just say a thing about the power of faith that drive people to do things. Some people are moved and they so much believe in faith that this is Kadara as the Bible so they say I am all or something. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. The only thing we have seen in the Bible is destination. We don't have faith. Faith is a situation that happens. It's just a term that we accepted. <laughs> right. For to qualify to define a situation that happened. But faith by himself, saying that you're living your life on faith, is a deception from hell. You can't live your life by faith. You can live your life by prophecies. You can live your life by promises. But you can't live your life by waiting for things to happen. That we can't wait wait and let circumstances happen for us to live our lives. Right? You cannot see. Kesera, sera. It's, it, it, it can never be true because if it's true that means if it's true that means we're meeting here today right right we're meeting here today it's a it's a amen i mean it doesn't make sense <laughs> you know the time does not make sense it doesn't have any sense there whatever we may not be. We have to live our life intentionally. We have to live our life by our faith, by our conviction. You know. Let me just stay there, Pastor John. Because really, really, I agree with you that we need not to live our life on 
occurrences, on events, all right? Even, even we may not give our life on things that have happened, whether it will, even if they are positive things, all right? Because, you know, it says the enemy of, maybe the enemy of best is not actually bad, but good, all right? The enemy of the best is good. So when you are looking at events that is good, you are not going to move forward, all right? And when you are injecting faith into good events, then you get better events. When you inject faith into better events, then you get best. Now, but you know you've been saying something again and again. I mean, the first time you mentioned you mentioned it. Now I want you to really talk about it. A destination or predestination. Alright. Now I want you to really talk about uh, what do you really mean that predestination is better than faith? Because this is this is a really this is really a strong point where people may find it uh, may find it difficult to understand that if I, I am predestined to be this, why must I do? I mean, it should just happen, Abracadabra. I mean, it just happen like that. If I have been predestined, oh, look at this, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, when uh, the Bible was saying, uh, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I mean, God predestined me to be a prophet to the nation. Please, why do I have to pray? When we get there, all right. So I want to really talk about predestination, faith, and faith. All right. What really is differentiated, and what is the place of faith? And you know, just like you said the other time, that faith there is what you believe, and the the the, the requisite actions that you take according to what you believe. So can you talk about, and especially using that Jeremiah instances, or that the prophet or the pastor said, oh, you'll be a billionaire. You'll be rich, you'll be doing this. Ah, ah, come on, I'll be, I'll be a billionaire. Let's go and sleep at home. Billions will come on there. Please, quickly talk about that. All right, I'm, I'm going to start from Jeremiah, that Jeremiah chapter number five. When the scripture says that, before you formed the womb of your mother, I knew you. And I separated you as a prophet to me. And um, when, when when God speaks, was when God speaks in the Bible, there is the scripture says in Hebrews chapter fourteen, chapter four, verse twelve, that the word of God is living and active. Meaning, if God says a thing, that thing is still potent and powerful. Some people would argue with me and say that uh, he was talking to Jeremiah, not people. No, what I'm saying to you is that 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 scripture is potent and active as far as the word of God. If it came out from the word of God, it might say to Moses, but it says to all. Bible says, what is said to one is said to many. So we must understand that. So when the scripture says that um, before I formed you, I knew you, he was not just talking to Jeremiah, he's talking to all of us. Meaning that God knew all of us even before we were formed in the womb. That talks about the states, there are there are three stages of existence. Every man you see on earth today, whether those that were, those that were, they, the ones that are now, the ones that will be, everybody exists on three on three states of life. Number one is a state of um, conception. The first stage is the first stage of conception, and that happens in the heart of God. So God told Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you, meaning I conceived you in my heart. God, a visionary, as as us falls in the state of our heart. Then, then the second state is the state of planning, conception, 
planning, the planning there, and when you study product development, we have we have product design, we have um, products um, development, right? Okay, we have the we have product. I mean, design, the planning, and development. So that's the same way everybody follow. God first conceived us number two, number two, then God planned for us. So He said that before I formed you, meaning He conceived you, then He formed you. He planned out your life, meaning that God has a plan for your life. He said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that I know the thought that I think towards they are thought of good. I love how the, the new international version put it. He said, For I know the plan that I have for you. God has a, a, has a plan for all of us. That is a state of forming. Then you began to have what you conceive a product in your heart. For example, this glass was conceived in the heart. It was conceived. Then they started planning. Okay, we are going to need this. We are going to need that. He's going to join this. He's going to, then they, they now develop. Development is the last thing. Packaging this product is the last thing. So what God, after God has you know conceived you, He has designed you. After He has planned for you. Then it formed you. Then I mean, then it developed you and sent you on earth. And that implies that if God has a plan for you, you must have God has somewhere is looking for you to get to. God has somewhere He wants you some things He wants you to do. This is what we call destiny. Destination it is the execution of the plan. Your destiny. What 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 advantage your destiny? It is the execution of the plan. When you start doing the reason why the destiny of this glass is this, this is the destiny of this glass. This way it's going. This is the final. It doesn't have any other use again. This is the final use of this thing, right? The destiny of this reward is time. It's to check the time. It's to do whatever function you put in it. That is the destiny of it. The destiny of a person. It is the, you know, execution and, and doing those things that God has planned for you. So now, that is, that is your destination. It is when you begin to execute the plan of your existence. So you exist on these three phases, and you cannot deny any of them. This, my body here, is here to serve a purpose. And that purpose, it is a plan that God has planned. And if there is a plan, that means you cannot live your life by circumstances. Because plan, 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 plan actually suggests to you that if you see an architectural plan, you are building a house. That suggests to you that there is the A to Z of the action. This is why it is important that you know how to look, how to search out the plan of God for your life. And it's simple. How God projects your destiny in you, He projects it like a vision in your heart. A picture of the future. That's how God primarily communicates His plan towards you. He gives you an idea of the things to do. You just you don't have to be a believer to to, to, to learn that. <laughs> As uh, people might argue with me, God is God doesn't just God is not a Christian. God is a God of all flesh. <laughs> Jesus doesn't follow Himself. He's the God of all. What I'm saying to you is that there are people, even though they are unbelievers, but yet they have a peep into the plan of God for their life. They are able to see by the reason of introspection. Because destination is a function of self. 
Your destination is not outside of you, it's inside of you. What a car will be, what a car is going to do, you will not be, they will not give it to it later. You cannot look for the function of the product outside the product. The, pro, the function of the product is already inside the product. This is why you need, I mean, you can, you, you can find out your destination by understanding the plan. And that is why faith is not relevant. That's why you cannot live your life by Kessera, Sera. There's a plan for, for your life. There's a purpose for you to fulfill. And you must find out those purpose and those plan and start living according to them. And how do you do that? I told you, it's simple. It's simple. It comes to you like a vision. It comes to you like an idea. Let me give you two, two, two criteria to know that a vision in your heart is genuine. Number one, that vision does not defy God. That vision does not defy the essence of genuine, genuinity of God. Number two, that vision blesses and benefits others. If you have an idea in your mind that fulfills these two criteria, I have every confidence to tell you that I'm not saying you want to blow. Being blown is not, it's not, it's not, it's not a destination. It's just an ambition. You find out your destination by knowing this criteria. I think I'm going to say something. Wow, this is this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I'm concerned the last statement. Uh, it's necessary that in achieving God's purpose for our life, that we differentiate or we know the difference between fulfillment and achievement. Mm. All right. We know the difference that, okay, this thing gives me fulfillment and okay, this thing, just like you said, I want to do it so that, all right, when we know that, I think that really helps. I want us to quickly talk about does faith help us during tough time? You know, I'm talking about the conflict. I want you to really talk about, maybe you can actually use personal instances whereby things happen, life happens. And yes, life happened, but you know what is written concerning you. All right. You know what the word of God said, or whether this person that is hearing us is not even a Christian, you have a positive mindset against this negative thing that is happening. Now, but despite your positivity, despite your positive mindset, despite your declarations, despite your confession, it looked as though the situation is never hearing you at all. So, what do you do in that? Is that does does faith actually guide you during tough times? Go back to you, sir. Thank you very much. Let me let me say this, and it's important for us to learn it, especially for everybody that is listening to me. Listen to this, very Let me talk as a believer. There are two things that define your destiny as a believer. Number one, the Holy Ghost. Number two, your power of faith. Number one the Holy Ghost. Number two, the power of faith. When you check, listen, when you check the story of the Egyptians, people that didn't enter the promised land, it wasn't because God has not given them prophecies. Some people didn't enter the promised land not because they were not part of those that got over from Egypt. They didn't enter promised land because they didn't have the faith for it. Look at this. Nothing in life is able to defeat a man that has faith. Jesus himself told us that if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, look at this, that when you, that seed as small as little it is, and he wasn't talking about the quantity, 
He was talking about the action of it. He said that if your faith is as far, as small as the as the as the mustard seed, say thou shalt tell to the mountain, be ye be ye removed and cast into the sea. That's Jesus talking. Jesus said it. Jesus was telling us primarily that how we go, how we overcome tough situations. <laughs> it's genuinely and truly by the power of our faith. There was nobody Jesus healed until they had faith. Jesus, the Bible says, and he saw their faith. Meaning that even though you are sick, but if you didn't have the faith, you will see not. Jesus will ask you, do you want to be healed? Are you sure you are going to be healed? Those situations will happen. But the only way you can actually leave those things is the faith, is, is, a, is a composition of a conviction in you. You can't do nothing with that. You have to have it. You have to have it. When challenges come, when, when faith showed up, how you navigate through it is the power of faith. It is the conviction in you, the belief that you have in you. That's how you navigate. I and mean, let me just talk biblically here. How do you exercise the power of faith? Faith works in, 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 different, in different forms. But two important things that faith does, number, number two, number one is faith believes. Number two is faith speaks. Do not, so faith, faith believes and faith speaks. Meaning that do not just say you believe, but align your words with your belief. When we say this, so there's two people are saying motivational speaking, but I'm telling you this is what the Bible says. That the Bible says that we have the same spirit of faith. That is um, um, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse, and verse 4, right? That we have in the same spirit of faith. We, I be, we believe, therefore, we have spoken. And the written ability we have spoken, it was David that said it first. He said it in, in, in Psalms 24, I mean, Psalms 27, that I believe, therefore, I speak. So, I, and my question is, what do you believe? So, when you believe, they begin to speak it. The things that change things are not things that are physical. The scripture says that for the things that we see are made of the things that are not seen. Meaning that what really makes things happen are not things that are physical. It is not the money in your bank account. It is not the drugs you are taking. It is not the admission. It is not the it, it is not the prowess of your scholar of your, of your scholarliness. It is actually the power of your faith. Which translates in what you believe and what you speak. That the things that are seen are made out of the things that do not appear. That in Hebrews 11:3, that we know that the word was framed by the word of God. That it is the word of faith that creates the universe. That God Himself is a faith God. Everything was created by the agent of the world. And any time you see the word in action, you see faith in action. Because as I believe, dear, I, that, that, that is what I speak. I believe, therefore, I speak. So what I'm saying to you is that what you believe, you need to take them into your lips and begin to speak them about that situation. You do not have your school fees. And there was no way money is coming from. But you believe you are going to write your exams. Start aligning your words with your school fees. An example that I have here, I was sick at some point, 2018, I was so sick. You know, there are many experiences I've had when faith has happened to me, right? But I, one way I was able to navigate this was the power of faith. 
I began to learn. I, I, I mean, I, I was sick. That I was taking drug plenty times every day, taking drug, taking drug, and I. It, it was tough, man. <laughs> it was tough, right? But in the midst of the situation, when drugs wasn't working again, I had to switch to my belief and faith. So I started confessing over my body that this body that you see here is the temple of the Spirit of God. That the scripture have said in, in Isaiah 31, in Isaiah 33, is it verse 24 or something? That though that though the high in Zion shall not say that I'm sick and their sins shall be forgiven. That I also learned and I've also seen that the scripture has made it clear that by his tribe I was healed. Then I started believing those things. And I don't want to, I, I, because I know we are talking to people that are secular and people that are spiritual and trying to create a system of balance here. That's what you believe, you need to start saying it. Right. So, because the truth is, the only way you can, you can, you can navigate yourself through tough circumstances and difficulties is by part of your faith. Wow. This is this is deep and uh, this is uh it, it's practicable. It's something that um that I believe people that will listen to this can actually take it as an action point and really practice it. Alright, because these are things that has really uh, happened. You know it's one thing for uh, someone to know a thing is another thing for somebody to experience a thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, was it Ephesians chapter 3 that was talking about uh, the knowledge that you do not learn? Alright, there is the knowing that you know uh, according to books, but there is another knowing that you know by experience, alright? And uh, because this thing has worked that you injecting faith, you injecting your words, your belief first, and proclaiming what you believe, all right? Because even uh, in uh, where are you? Uh, Romans chapter ten. Romans chapter ten, verse eleven was saying, "By our heart we believe, and by our mouth we confess unto salvation." So there is no invitation of another reality to a current reality without first believing with the heart and confessing with our mouth. All right. So I really agree with you on that point. Now. To really end this uh, uh, discussion, you know, there are times in life where we really do not remember where we are going again. You know, let me say it in Yoruba. We are just, we are just, the, 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 the fate situations, the fate events had compounded over time. All right. So by the time you are now sitting down, the devil will now intentionally, maybe you yourself, maybe not the devil now, will now intentionally bring those situations to you. Okay, this time you had issues. This one, your mother was sick. That one, this thing really happened. This one, then you begin to think about, you know, those dark times. How do you find purpose? All right. How can you really navigate to okay? This is actually what God because as at those times it seems I don't know it has happened to me and I believe for many people too it has happened that you are actually you at a particular time you know at a particular time you are very eager with the vision the vision is still fresh all right so you are very eager you are very interested when God is but at this particular time you know what God has said but situations has clouded your vision. 
what do you do? How do you find purpose mm. at this particular time? Okay. Thank you, Pastor John. I, I, I must say that this is a very uh, powerful question. And I'm, I'm going to start by saying that, first of all, we have to, to believe and agree together. That, that, that the scripture says that God will not test us. He will not allow temptation that is beyond our capacity to come our way. The Bible says that. Meaning, a situation that will come our way that we will not be able to overcome, God will never allow you to come our way. This has already laid the, the, the foundation that if anything has happened to you at all, justice happened to you, or they were, they were, they, they could happen to you because you had the capacity to contain that, and you have what it takes to overcome that. There's no situation that is too bad for you to 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 to, to, to suppress it. What what life and the devil really wants to be is to break your faith. If the devil can break your faith, he has broken everything. Because there is not there's nothing that can keep a man that doesn't have his faith. And Bible says that when hope is defiled, the heart is worried. When heart is worried, there's a lot of trouble there. It's a big trouble. You must learn how to protect your faith. The scripture made us to understand that in when we're talking about warfare, spiritual warfare, that situation will happen to you and the devil will throw attack you. But you say you are going to defend it by your shield of faith. Meaning when you have let down your shield of faith, you are in trouble. The only way you can win the devil again is to take it, is to take up your shield of faith and to take up the sword of the spirit. So you 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 fight, then you believe. And as I said again, by believe and by saying, there is no two way around it. The word with the sword of the spirit again, you have to take it into your lips and say it. Let me give you a trick. If you are facing this situation that's overwhelmed you and you are losing your heart. What, there were people in the Bible like that. They have been faced with situations that have lose, losing their heart. Jesus was faced with that. His beloved brother, friend, lovely friend, was there for four days. When he was telling them, do you know that Jesus told them, our friend Lazarus is asleep, let's go and wake him up. Listen, Jesus could have said initially that he has, he has died, but he didn't say it. Because he knew the power of his words. He knew that what he said in those situations, and cloud the situation. Then he told them he's dead, but they didn't understand it. He later told them that he's, he, he, because he, started, he told them, okay, the guys. But you know what he said? He said, but this happened to the end that thou may know. Look at that. Jesus said the reality, but yet he used the word of faith to, to, to contact it. Immediately he said that Jesus had, Jesus never said that somebody died. Ah, this young ladies this dancer is sleeping that's what i would say this person is sleeping jesus never said that somebody died never if jesus never says what he doesn't expect let me tell you the devil will always overcome you you don't have to prepare the tongue here it is what you used to win or get defeated bible said by the tongue of by the words of a man shall a man be justified by his tongue shall be condemned your condemnation comes by itself. Let me say that for every weapon that fashion against you shall not prosper. The day that standing against you in judgment, thou shall condemn. How you condemn them is by the words of your mouth. Situation comes as if this is why you must never let anything shut your mouth. This is why when people talk about being weary, because they are stopping, 
There's no way you have to pray and you'll be weary. It's not possible. Prayer and weariness, they are not together. Prayer is a system of strength renewal. Because when situation situations come to you, but because you are a prayerful person, you're always going and you're always confessing. When you're praying, you, of course, when you're praying, you say those things. You say those things, you say the word of faith. Don't worry, let's reverberate. Your situation becomes so simple to you. And that's how you naturally overcome. And what I'm saying here, a man does not prepare for battle in days of battle, prepare for battle before battle comes. What you need to do now is to start strengthening yourself and start strengthening your place of prayer. Start strengthening your knowledge of the word of God. So that when situation that unpleasant comes to you, one day, we them not talk so much. When situation that unpleasant comes to you, you know how to stand and defend yourself. You know what you need to do in this situation. As I said earlier, you cannot be prayerless. Prayerlessness equates to weakness. The moment you stop becoming prayerless, the devil is started enacting dominion over you. And the devil will never have dominion over you. God bless you. So I want to take your last uh, words, words of encouragement, but I want us, you know, after you've said it, uh, after you, you know, share your last word, then we'll just pray for those people that, will be, that are listening to us so that any one of them that is depressed, any one of them that their life's, life is really happening to, so that they can receive their deliverance even at this instance. You can also do that when, you know, when you give your words. Over to you, right. sir. Thank you very much, Pastor. I, I will say two things importantly. Number one, I said it in our prayer. Jesus said, He speaks, the Bible says in the book of Luke, that He speaks a parable unto the end that men are always called to pray and not to faint. It implies that I told you, I said earlier that there's no way you cannot, you cannot, be, you cannot faint, whether in heart, whether at heart or at act. You cannot faint. When you are careful. No. See, so, we call, but you have to see the that. That's why that's why most of our parents are very strong. They they face they face the challenge, but yet they do not die. They don't have to pray and talk to but they used to pray. <laughs> they don't pray and talk, but they are always on their knees, praying, 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 praying. But they've lost children, but yet they do that. They they lost their husband, yeah, they do that. They lost property, yeah, they do that. They've lost their business, yeah. They did not die, yeah. They did not commit, yeah. They did not stop that. They did not say that God is not God, is God is not God, God, right? Keep yourself prayerful. Number two, keep yourself in the company of people that will I call it, I call it an association of faith. Keep yourself in that association of faith. It's good, good that you have a pastor over you. When I mean a pastor over you, I mean somebody that pastors you, not a not only attend this church, there are two different things. Somebody that pastors it. Make sure that you are pastored. And you have people around you that are able to strengthen your heart. Because you see, Bible says that, I mean, what is, what is that man who, that in the days of his, in the days of his fall, there was nobody there to help him. He said two are better than one. When one is weak, another one strengthens him up. Meaning in those times when you are, when you are weak, you have people you can run to. They are called your shelter. They are called your shield. People that God has created as a structure around you that help you overcome weakness. These two things are very crucial. Number one, your prayer, your prayer altar. Number two, your place of association. God bless you. And I pray over everybody listening to me, going through one thing or the other. I ask right now that the comfort of Jesus rest upon your heart. I pray that the works and the attack that is all around you here 
right now, they are dissolved now. I decree that your heart is strengthened. I decree that your hands are strengthened. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray over that situation especially. I ask now that this is the end of the situation. Anybody that has health issues, I pray over your body from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Let the healing power of Jesus rest on you. I pray for those whose deadline financially is close. It is God that creates the deadline. He is the one that owns the times and seasons. I am praying for you right now that God will come through for you. And the Lord will show himself mighty over you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you so much, my brother. Okay. Pastor, thank you so much. I'm really happy, excited for we doing this to, this tonight. God bless you in the name of yeah. Jesus. All right, our audience, thank you. I hope you've learned one or two things. The best thing is for you to practice this. This is Life Clinic. We hope to, you know, help you with things that will better your life. Self-development, spiritual enhancement, all manner of things. Connect with us and uh, it's going to be a good journey. Life is sweet. Everything is sweeter. We enjoy this life. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. God bless you, my brother. We'll be ending the live podcast now. God bless you, sir.